Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hello and welcome to Irish Tech News Podcast. My name is Melanie Boylan and today I'm joined by John Gribbin, who works currently with the University of Sussex in the in the astronomy group. Tell us a bit more about your role, John. Uh, it goes back a long way. I, I was a student at Sussex and then I did uh, proper research there and now I'm, a, I'm called an honorary fellow, which means I, I don't get paid for anything and I just hang out with the astronomers and go to coffee and seminars and enjoy myself, basically. Sound like fun, I have to say. It is fun. It, it, it's let, been, been less fun in these sort of times of COVID when you have to do everything over the internet. But, you know, yeah, it, it, it stops you going stale and it keeps me up with what I'd like to think of as the cutting edge of research, although I can't understand all the maths anymore. I know, I know. I'm t- teaching my own kids um, and I'm trying to, you know, use the methods they're using, but it's nothing like the maths no. we taught. We were taught at all. Um, so, I mean, this is what you're doing now. What were you doing before? What's led you on this journey to the oh, University well, of Sussex? I well, I, I did my first degree at Sussex. You know, many many years ago, and uh, then I after. Cambridge. I, I worked in journalism. I worked for the science magazine Nature and then for New Scientist and did a lot of broadcasting and writing articles and then sort of fed into books. So for most of my working life, it's been writing books has been my main uh, source of income, if you like. But it's also been my, my pleasure because the delight is you go out and you find out about something and you think to yourself, you know, um, I don't understand quantum physics, quantum entanglement, you know, so you go and you find out. And then when you think you understand it, you write it all down so you don't forget. And you've mm. got a book for other people as well. So, you know, it's 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 uh, it's far from being hard work. It's more more a labour of love, as they say. But uh, yeah, book, books, books and more books is what I've been doing. So then you have to think about images and how it's going to be published and and all sorts of things as well. Are you in charge of all of it? It varies enormously. I mean, sometimes I have done books that are, you know, for want of a better term, sort sort of um, hack books. You know, a publisher will come to me and say, we want a picture book of the universe and would you write some words to go with the pictures? And I say, yeah, sure, because I, I, I know the subject fairly well. But the best ones are the ones that entirely originate from me or from my wife who, who, who works with me as well. Uh, and then you go off and you, you write something you want. And, and in an ideal world, you, you write it and you don't have to tailor it to what the publisher's asking for. But mm. uh, that very seldom happens. Usually they've got ideas about how it should be presented and what audience to go for. And that. so you just have to be professional about it, you know, and, uh, and go along with what people need. And it seems to work. So, you know, I always respect their judgment about what what they like to call the market you know people like you <laughs> well yes so we're, we're talking about books today particularly aren't we so tell us a little bit about your most recent 
publication, the eight right. well, possible the, possibilities. Yeah, the, the, the latest one, it, I've been doing a, a series of little books, which is very much, you know, the, the labour of love category. I, I did uh, six impossible things about quantum physics, and uh, now I've got on to eight, so you can guess there's a number seven in there as well. And, and this is um, sort of picking up on the Sherlock Holmes thing where where he often says i mean in several places in different books you know once you've eliminated the impossible whatever's left must be the truth however mm. improbable it seems so i had this idea that uh, i would pick eight things that that look really crazy on the face of it to the, the layman if you like and and then explain why by eliminating impossible things these must be the truths or why, why they are true in spite of sounding crazy and um, so that was the uh, the basic idea and eight was because it was the one that was number eight coming along so you know it wasn't wasn't difficult the, the problem always is leaving them out finding out which ones uh, have, have to be give way to make room for the, the real goodies and how long did this book take to um, be completed uh, that's always the question. You see, you know, what, at one level you say, well, you know, I've been writing books for 50 years. And so that's how long it takes me to know how to write a book. And then you can say, well, actually sitting at the computer took, you know, I, I, it's quite a short book in a couple of months. But then there's the period in between where you're thinking about it. I mean, as, as soon as I'd finished the seven book, I was thinking, well, there must be an eight book, you know, so a, a year of thinking about it. And then um, I, I say I had to eliminate things. So I talked to people. I say, you know, do you think this is a good idea? Do you, do you understand this? And that way I whittle it down to eight. So I think, you know, the short answer would be about a year working on it, but not a year writing and, and doing other things as well, obviously. Who is this particular book targeted for? Who would be your your audience for it yeah I, I always say most of my books are targeted at me because they're the book <laughs> I'd like to read if someone else would write it for me that I think this one is particularly for people who don't know any science or a okay. tiny bit you know you've done school science but nothing beyond that and and things that don't necessarily strike you as obvious. I mean, the subtitle is The Mystery of the Moon. You know, what's mysterious about the moon? We know about the moon. It's obvious mm. it's up in the sky and we all know what it is. Um, but there is a big mystery, which is that from Earth, the moon and the sun are exactly the same size to, to the eye. Obviously, the moon's much smaller and much closer. The sun's bigger and further away. I'm always reminded of the Father Ted episode with the cow that's near and far. Um, but it's curious because... In history, geological history, the moon used to be closer to us, so it would have blotted the sun out completely during an eclipse. And in the future, not too distant future, a few million years, it'll be further away. So it'll be too small to blot the sun out and we won't get the kind of amazing eclipses that we see today. So, so that's a mystery that people like us were around to notice that just mm. at the time in geological history when it happens. Uh, and so that obviously then that's the mystery that... that and that gives me an excuse to talk about other things to do with the moon and the sun and their relationship with planet Earth and so on. So, you know, it's a it's a hook to hopefully attract people in. Well, and I can see it definitely working, especially as there's going to be relatively new attention to the moon coming over the next couple of years. Yeah, there's a lot going on now with various people doing landers and uh, the Americans talking about going back to the moon. The date keeps shifting, but, you know, certainly, you know, hopefully in the next uh, five or ten years, and they, they've done it once, so they do it again. And Gateway, of course. Yeah, 
Uh, so it's, uh, there, there's, there is quite a lot going on. But, mm. you know, that, that's that's um, one of the things, you know, there are, the, say there, are, there are seven others in there as well to uh, ponder over and, and, and be excited by, hopefully be excited by. So let's talk about some of the others, actually. Um, about Newton, the bishop and the bucket. Yep. Yeah, that's one of my favourites because it, it sounds like the start of a, one of those jokes that you tell in the pub. In the, it does. You've had a couple of Guinnesses. Um, but uh, the, there is a, a, a puzzle which is to do with what we what is called inertia. You know, the things things resist being pushed around. And, and Newton was the first person to draw attention to a strange feature of this, which he, he actually did the experiments. One of the great things about Newton, you know, he, he wasn't uh, just, just a theorist. I mean, nothing wrong with being a theorist, but he got hands on as well. Mm. And he, he pointed out that if you have a bucket of water and you hang it by a long rope from a, from a hook, if you twist the bucket up so that you've twisted your rope and then you hold it so the water's still, when you let go, the bucket starts spinning round and round, but the water stays flat. It's, it's not spinning round. Then friction makes the water catch up. And then as it speeds up, the water makes a, a concave surface. There's a dip in the middle. Then if you grab the bucket and stop the bucket, the water's still spinning. And so you've still got a concave surface and then it settles down flat. So the water somehow knows it's spinning it knows it's rotating uh, and what's it measuring it's not measuring itself against the side of the bucket because whether the bucket's moving or not doesn't affect it hmm. it's measuring itself in some sense relative to the whole universe so newton was saying you know that that it's the universe that somehow tells the water it's moving and then the development of that is it's the universe that tells something i try to push across my desk that, that i'm pushing it and it resists that. Now the the, the bishop comes into story. He he was he was a, a, a bishop who uh, argued that, um, that 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 this wasn't the universe that was doing the job. That it was much more local effects, which I explain in the book. Uh, and and then um, further on in time, in the nineteenth century, a philosopher physicist called Ernst Mach he sort of formalized it and put some mathematics into it. And that was the inspiration, one of the main inspirations for Einstein developing his general theory of relativity, All right. which, which tells you how gravity bends space and time and that, that, that this it's the bending of space and time, which is how the water in the bucket or example, I love the, the, the coffee in your cup, you stir your coffee, it makes a dip in the middle. And it does that because it knows the universe is out there somehow signaling to it for want of a better term and, and, and telling it how to move and so you go from newton with a bucket of water to einstein and the general theory of relativity via a bishop in the middle and it all hangs together and and it's a classic example of, of what i'm doing with this book in particular how many times have you stirred a cup of coffee or a tea or whatever and you and you notice that the liquid goes up the side of the cup dips in the middle and it never occurs to you that it's doing that because there are billions of galaxies out there holding it in, in, in its gravitational grip bending space and time i'm just well, my mind's blown that's that way you <laughs> see i've succeeded that, that's what it's all about mind blowing is 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 is, is what i try to do in this book mm. 
So, I mean, you've probably got hundreds of these um, stories. Uh, cer- certainly dozens. I mean, as, as I say, the, the, uh, I, I, st- I started doing this sort of mini-series with uh, mm-hmm. quantum physics because that's it's the thing I'm most interested in these days. And, and uh, I, I got that, that, that six impossible things. I, I got that title from Alice um, where, where the, the Red Queen says she believes six impossible things before breakfast. So I, I picked six of the weirdest things in in quantum physics and and sort of didn't explain them because they're inexplicable they're you know they're they're beyond beyond common sense understanding uh and that did you know was a successful book by my standards you know not not by standards of um you know david attenborough or brian cox but by my standards it was successful uh so naturally i mean that's an example the publishers then come back and say well you know this worked well what can you follow it with i said what we do seven something or others and then that's done okay. So now it's eight and so on. Um, but yeah. You're making a rod for your back though, because you're yeah, going to have know. to think of more each time. Got to keep got to keep going. So uh, <laughs> we have to go start going backwards. We go five, four, three. <laughs> the next stage. Yeah, I can just imagine, you know, about four years, five years from now saying, so we're up to 22 now. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sometimes worry about that. <laughs> Um, so what is next actually have you have you got any more books in the pipeline yeah well I'm I'm I am writing something about time travel which is also close to my heart because I uh I I I stuck I got into science through science fiction originally I I when I was very young I I read um Isaac Asimov and Arthur Clarke and those kinds of what's called hard SF in the sense that the science is real not not difficult Uh, and so and then I read their non-fiction you know they both wrote non-fiction and and that lot led me to an interest in physics and and going to university and all that and eventually um, I wrote some reasonably okay science fiction myself including a time travel story uh and and so i've i've always had a, a an interest in that and i thought now's as good a time as any to to turn that into a book and uh, relate it to science fiction so that that's sort of in the pipeline so it won't be out for another 18 months or so i guess time i finished it and then deliver it and then they turn it into words not always on paper these days but no uh, yeah in, in the computer in the kindle world Actually, that's a quite a good point because we have to use so many vast mediums now to reach our audience. Yeah. What have you found to be more effective? Where where have your most of your sales been? Do you think it's very interesting? I I've very much been a traditional print market. You know, my mm. my most of my books are in um in in in, in paper versions. But lately, the 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 ebooks have done okay. You know, that's they're starting to pick up. But from a, the thing that's imp- improved most in terms of percentage increases is, is uh, audio books. That, that's the big thing that people's, you know, I say big thing. It's not as big as, as, as print books, but, but starting from virtually nowhere, there's a lot of interest in, in audio books now. Uh, and um, I, I share that the other end. I listen to a lot of stuff. I mean, so, you know. That you can listen to them in the car, so so you, you don't have to actually sit down and, and concentrate on them. You can do them while you're doing something else. Uh, I think that's a, a big part of the appeal. Um, but uh, it, it the, the the big thing about actual paper books is that you can go backwards and forwards very easily. Yeah. And I think that's that's where the kind of thing I write is very 
um it's very important because you get you know you're reading something you think well i seem to remember he mentioned more about that in chapter three so you can flip back to chapter three and have a look uh, and and refresh your mind so um i, I don't think paper's going to disappear for a long time yet i think um to a certain extent as i mean people listen to our podcasts of course and there's mm. audio um but i think people remember it better yeah. When they're touching it and smelling it, um, you know, there's there's more senses being used when it comes to actually yeah. reading a physical book. Yeah, I agree, especially for my kinds of uh, books. Yeah. yeah. So, w- when you say audio, do you do the audio yourself, or do you get? I, else? I did one, but I, I I I wasn't asked again, which I don't I don't think there's any desperate reflection on my incompetence. It's just <laughs> if you can get professionals, you know. And it's like I, I always say to my wife about things like, you know, if um, if the sink needs unblocking, I say, well, you know, I, I, I don't uh, tell the plumber how to unblock the sink and he doesn't no. tell me how to write books. So if if you can get a professional actor of some kind of and there are a lot of very good people around. Um, so I'd, I'd much rather they do it. It's It's quite a skill. Yeah. And can you get your book in different languages, different locations? Yes, yes, we get um, it. it, uh, it we've, we've just sold a, a whole heap, about four books to, to Turkey, um, and they, they've taken they've taken the three uh, mini books and an, and another book of mine all, all together as a package, and they're going to distribute them as and when they think appropriate for for their market. And we get into lots of languages. It's yeah. It's, it's important. China is very important now. Oh, I can imagine it would be such a large audience. Yeah, you, you only need a small percentage of the Chinese population and it's a lot of people. Mm. So I suppose this is the right time of year to start looking at um, people buying these kinds of books. It'd be well, great yeah, to, they, under the Christmas tree. It's um, Yeah, in, in the world of publishing, you know, October is, is Christmas. Uh, so they've got to get the books out, get people like you to notice them and then <laughs> tell the people who might actually buy it and and and. and pass them on as presents so yes you know author's message this is a lovely present great book easy to wrap up so yeah get, get it for all your friends and relations and where do we find it your book it's as they proverbially say in in all good bookshops um <laughs> over in 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 the uk that mostly means waterstones because yeah. they're they're the, the, the high street bookshop where you can get paper copies and then you know, various online people, they, they, they all have it, including the publishers Amazon. themselves, Amazon, yeah. uh, and there are, there are a few others, yeah. Okay, and where can we learn more about you out of interest, John? Oh, well, that, I, uh, there's a little bit of me in, uh, on the Amazon authors page. Um, I, I'm told that there's a, a, a Wikipedia entry for me, but I've deliberately never looked at it because there's bound to be mistakes in it. And it'd either drive me mad or I'd try and correct them. So um, I'm willing to tell you such a thing exists, but I'll also tell you to take it with a pinch of salt. Um, it's, it may, may not be entirely accurate. Okay. So is there any way we can reach you direct? Yeah, I've, uh, I've got a, a, a very modest blog, um, which is John Gribbin Science at WordPress. And I, I, put a few things on it and I've got about three followers but if you want to be <laughs> one of those followers or send me a message go to John Gribbin Science or one word at WordPress and uh, I shall I shall read it I don't promise to reply but I promise to read it 
Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and telling us about your amazing new book. Um, we look forward to seeing you go up in numbers. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you. I hope to come again next time I've got a book yes. out. Well, that's all for now, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and we'll be back very soon with a new podcast soon. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE and on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.